my fellow traders, to our second episode of Sixth Sense, where we're going to be talking about what happened on January 6th last year. Now, we already did one episode. If you didn't catch it, I'd tell you to listen to it because there's a lot of information in here. It's going to lead to what we're talking about on this one. We're going to start off by listening to two minutes of a news briefing that was held by a bunch of Republicans. Evil, terrible people. The guy you're going to hear is Troy Nels. Now, this is a guy who's experienced in law enforcement, but he is now a representative in the House for the state of Texas. He's going to be talking about some key findings from this Senate report. I said last week that I would put my 30 years of law enforcement experience, including eight years as sheriff, to review the Senate report in detail. And I found some things that were alarming. Specifically as it relates to the intelligence the Capitol Police had in their possession the days and weeks leading up to January 6th. Intelligence that said there was a strong likelihood of violence. That violent extremist groups were sharing detailed maps of the Capitol tunnels and encouraging supporters to bring weapons to the Capitol. Capitol Police leadership had this intelligence in their possession and somehow, somehow, were caught completely off guard. The Senate report highlights the intelligence failures but doesn't speak specifically to who in the Capitol Police knew what and when. And we must answer those questions. In addition to the intelligence failures, the Senate report highlights the clear delay of the National Guard in assisting the Capitol Police. I was alarmed to find that the Capitol Police Chief, the Chief of Police, doesn't have the authority to request National Guard support without approval of the Capitol Police Board. And the Capitol Police Board is made up of the House Sergeant-at-Arms and Senate Sergeant-at-Arms. Before the National Guard could be called, they both must agree. The House Sergeant-at-Arms answers to Nancy Pelosi and it's been suggested the day of January 6th, he was waiting for Speaker Pelosi's approval before calling in the National Guard. It's interesting because the Sergeant-at-Arms, Paul Irving, has been uncooperative with the committees. He won't share phone records. He won't turn over emails. What is he hiding? What is Speaker Pelosi hiding? I want to elaborate a little bit on what he said. Now, number one, he said, Nancy Pelosi, from here on, will be referred to as Her Royal Highness, is still not releasing any communications about what was going on prior to January 6th. Why is she hiding that? What does she have to hide? Oh, no, that's from her office. She's not releasing any information from her office. Oh, so it's her little minions who are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. I'm sure she didn't pay them off. So the, the second thing we want to look at is the chief of police. Now, the chief of police has had to seek approval from elected politicians and their own appointees to act during an emergency. I don't know about you, Lennox, but that's where I want my police to have to operate. <laughs> DJ, that's just like you're a principal at a school and you're in the cafeteria and Susie and Johnny throw their spaghetti at each other. You can't stop it. You have to run down to your office, get on the phone, and call the district superintendent to get emergency power to go back and stop that cafeteria fight that's now a big brawl and worse and more damage has been done. That's crazy. 
easy. That's the way it's supposed to operate, isn't it, if Democrats are running it? Well, one thing I didn't know is that, according to Rodney Davis in the same news briefing, he said that the Republicans tried to get this changed and grant emergency power to the chief police of the Capitol Police, but the Democrats blocked it. And the act that it was is Capitol Police Advancement Act. It did take three hours, though, for the National Guard to show up after the riot had already begun. And, and if you read the Senate report where there were pipe bombs were found at 11 o'clock in the morning. Why wasn't there a request at that point? A lot can happen in three hours, and we know it did. Approximately 12.53 p.m. is when the riot began outdoors, and approval for the National Guard wasn't confirmed or granted until 2.10 p.m. After 3 o'clock is when local officers from other police departments began showing up to assist the Capitol Police. But it wasn't until 5.20 p.m. that the National Guard did show up, which makes you wonder why the slow response. Did someone want a lot of damage to occur to maybe distract from what was really going on that day? Because remember, what was this protest all about? Alleged election fraud. And if someone was part of the cheating, then you would welcome a distraction and maybe even allow it, wouldn't you? I know if I were a corrupt, evil person. Which you are. <laughs> no, Dietrich is that. I know that I would probably maybe allow a little bit of a distraction, hesitate maybe a little, but Dietrich is so lucky that I am such a law-abiding person. He doesn't have to worry about that. Well, I'll grant you one thing. You are law-abiding. I'm trying to think of another positive aspect and maybe I'll get to it later. <laughs> So there's another point that we need to make. Ashley Babbitt. Now, Ashley Babbitt, who was unarmed at the time, and there are reports out there that her, the police officer who shot her, thought she was armed, and there were news outlets that tried to push that lie, but no, she was not armed. She was shot by a policeman as she was climbing through a broken window in the Capitol, and we're going to verify this with this clip. These documents, hundreds of pages of documents about this shooting incident, which we were told Ashley Babbitt was a, a threat, apparently. Uh, she, was, she was rioting, but that she was a threat to uh, members of Congress. It never really seemed to be clear what the specific lethal force justification was, other than we were told it was justified somehow. What do these documents make clear? Well, there are a few things. that No one saw that she was armed. She obviously wasn't armed. Uh, they found a penknife in her pocket, which obviously uh, has nothing to do with anything. Uh, and uh, as importantly, or even more importantly, the evidence strongly suggests that uh, Captain Bird, I think his title is, uh, didn't issue any warnings to her. That he, he, she was, she just was shot. Now, Judicial Watch had to sue to get this information, and documents show that she had no weapon, and the cop gave her no advance warning that he was going to shoot her. She was clearly wrong for climbing through that window, and any time that we, as individuals, do something wrong, we do put ourselves at risk for something bad to happen to us or to others, and unfortunately, she was killed. But I want you to think about this. This officer's name was not released by anyone at the Capitol for months. Requests were made, but that information was withheld, just like Her Royal Highness's communication that was leading up to January 6th, that dealt with January 6th. Those were withheld also. And still are. Now, this guy, thank you, good point. This guy was uh, did eventually come willingly forward not too long ago. I want us to listen to a clip by Glenn Beck about how law enforcement entities are supposed to operate. 
Okay, I want to show you the text from the D.C. law that mandates police release names and footage when an officer uses deadly force. And I quote, Within five business days after an officer involved uh, death or serious use of force, publicly release the names and body-worn camera recordings of all officers who committed the officer-involved death or serious use of force. So how can the Capitol Police get away with hoarding 14,000 hours of surveillance footage from January 6th and refuse to identify the name of the officer that killed the only person there that day? Well, the answer is, and you're not going to like it, they operate outside the realms of any kind of oversight. This is not an exaggeration. We can't FOIA the Capitol Police. You can't even read information from their inspector general. They have one, but their reports only go to the Capitol Police Board. Roll Call got this answer from a Capitol Police lawyer, and I quote, Please be advised the United States Capitol Police, as a legislative branch entity, is not an agency under the Freedom of Information Act. Therefore, the USCP is not subject to the requirements of the Freedom of Information Act. If this is actually the case, then why is Nancy Pelosi, her royal highness, seeking personal phone records of Republican politicians? Aren't they exempt as well? Or does this only apply to her royal highness? And she's doing that under the January 6th commission. She's seeking those personal records of those politicians. And if that's the case, she shouldn't have access to those as well. If they're a part of the legislative entity. But she's her royal highness. <laughs> Stop and think about the reasons or the motives behind these people's actions. Is like, was there an agenda? There had to be. Looking at the facts. And why didn't the Judicial Watch have to sue to get this information? If the media would cover the story like it should, whom would the blame fall on? Specifically, it would fall on Nancy Pelosi because she is ultimately the uh, highest her ranking. Royal Highness. Because she's ultimately the highest ranking member of Congress. And guess what? Think about this. Do we want the federal government to even have power over our local police departments? If this is how the federal government provides police protection, do we want them to have control over all? All police forces now we know this is the agenda of a lot of people on the left so do we want them treating rioters like they're terrorists do we want them ignoring any intelligence leading up to the event do we want to put people in charge with no experience or training especially law enforcement training do we not want them to provide protection only if it suits us or if it suits our political party's agenda of course not so there are a few more facts out there that we're going to be discussing in our next episode of Sixth Sense. We're going to be talking about how the federal government might be involved more than what we think when it comes to this day. So I want to share these facts with you next time. Until next time, my fellow traders.